Welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast, the podcast for all things operations. Hello, listeners. We've got Taylor First here with us from The Dude. Hey, Taylor, how are you? Hello. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Taylor, before we get started, you know, a little bit of who you are, what you do here, and uh, then we'll get into the, the meat and potatoes. I'm an implementation specialist here at, at Dude Solutions. I work exclusively with the WorkSub. Uh, WorkSub is kind of what I do. I, I love it. I, I love the, the client base that I work with. I work with senior living communities um, almost exclusively, you know, the odd uh, church or membership organization here and there. Um, and I've implemented a, a hospital or two in my day, but, but senior living organizations are kind of where I spend my time and, and who I work with the uh, majority of the time. Cool. And, uh, and you've been here for a couple of years, so you've I've, had... Yeah, been here for, for two years, um, you know, worked through through a lot of clients, built a lot of really, really great relationships. So you probably have hundreds under your belt that you've talked to, worked with. Yeah, absolutely. Been on site, got a little bit of experience. So that's great. I'm glad yeah. you could come here and, uh, and, and talk to me a little bit about, and our listeners, about the senior living report that we just did, uh, that we just got the results on, uh, where we had... Uh, roughly 350 or so respondents that were uh, directors, VPs, C-level professionals, specifically in senior living. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really great, and it's, it's kind of indicative of the, the fact that, that we're an industry leader in senior living. It's, it's uh, somewhere where we have a, a lot of market penetration, so getting that much feedback uh, really provides solid data for us. Yeah, and what, a little more about what the operations report is. What does it contain? What, is it, what, are, it, we, what do we come away with? Yeah, so it's it's really just kind of getting into, um, you know, information, uh, some some struggles, some successes, uh, things that that are going on in the in the market today, what people are seeing as as market trends, and you know, things that that are coming down the pipe as as things that need to be overcome. Yeah, uh, and we've got an aging uh, we've got an aging country, right? There's a lot of a lot of folks that are going into senior senior living centers. There's more showing up around the country. I, we've got them. I see them popping up all over the place. Absolutely, you know, it's it's the the largest generation in history is about to retire. Yeah, um, and and you know, to to kind of cope with that, a lot of senior living communities are are building like crazy. Um, they're they're you know, and and as they're doing that, they're they're dealing with with um, not in unique struggles. Yeah. Um, you know, dealing with with things that are. Um, kind of in line with with a lot of maintenance operations in the country. And forgive me for my some ignorance on this. That's a it's a competitive market. It's not like it's all they're all state run. They're individually owned, or there's a group that owns them. It's absolutely there. There are um, privately funded organizations. There are publicly funded organizations. Um, but there there are a lot out there. There's a lot of choice, and, and actually, choice is is one of the the biggest. Um, issues that, that these communities are, are dealing with at this point because you're dealing with a generation that, you know, the the older generations, the the greatest generation, you mm-hmm. know, they they were more receptive to let me just do what's told what what's told to me. I'm, mm-hmm. my kids want to send me here, I'm gonna go here. Mm-hmm. And now the this generation of seniors is about to retire that that's used to making their own decisions. They mm-hmm. want the the gym and Wi-Fi and the pool, and they want these amenities, and they can choose. Okay, that one has what I want, and that one doesn't. Uh, that one might be a little bit more expensive, but you know, I've worked more than any other generation in history, so I can afford it. Right. So they're they're going around, they're they're shopping around for the best one. I've seen one. We just had one in our town mm-hmm. that got built, and I mean the amenities, and you know these. They're, the, a lot of the folks are in their late seventies, early eighties. 
the amenities and just the when the opulence of it when you walk in it's it's almost overwhelming it, it really is it's crazy but but that kind of illustrate well there's there's that end of, of senior living but there's this this other end of senior living that's not talked about as much like you're, you see these palaces built these palatial mm-hmm. rolling hills and and beautiful places that look like resorts but then there's this this other thing that's called the middle market mm-hmm. that's not being addressed that that is, is kind of falling through the cracks it's the people who you know don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to put into their retirement, you know, as a buy-in, like a country club, mm-hmm. or, and don't have $7,000 a month to or spend. Or it's an established, uh, exactly. it's an established uh, space that's been around for 20 or 30 years that yeah. may or may not have had that those resources to keep up with, uh, you know, the changing or the evolution and growth of the, of the market. Exactly. Uh, so, so those are definitely challenges being faced by the, the industry moving forward, is addressing the people who don't have a half a million dollars stowed away for the next step in their lives. Right. So, uh, you know, let's talk about this this report. You know, mm-hmm. were there any surprising statistics that, that kind of stuck out for you that you were like, wow, I didn't know that, or an, an aha, like that makes a lot of sense? Or? There, there are a couple big ones. Um, the, the first big one is the 42% of organizations don't have a succession plan. You know, what's that, what's that, moving to the next step, moving to the, the next order of leadership, mm-hmm. you know, the next, um, the next team that's going to come through. And I tell my clients all the time that using the, the workshop, using preventative maintenance, using templates, uh, these are all knowledge retention tools. And, and when you're building the system, you're not building it for the team you have today. Right. You're building it for the team you're going to have six months, one year, two years, five years, ten years from now. Because you know, the, the maintenance industry, not only are our, our, our clients' clients getting older, mm-hmm. but our client, the end users, are getting yeah, older. Yeah, our, our facilities folks. Exactly. Maintenance, you know, the, the average age of, of so many of these communities for, for the maintenance staff is creeping up to the, the residents. Mm-hmm. You know, so you get these groups of 60, 65-year-olds who've been doing the job for 25 years. Right. And so that guy who's doing the job is the only guy who's ever looked at that boiler. Mm-hmm. And he knows every shimmy and every every loose nut. He knows exactly what's done on a daily basis. So when he leaves, he takes all that knowledge with him. Right. And we want to get every scrap of that knowledge into the system to make sure that the next guy can step in and know what to do. So I've been in this industry for about well, forever, over 20 years. And 20 years ago, those 60, 65 year olds creeping up, getting ready to retire. You know, I used to say, what do you want to, you know, what do you want to leave for a legacy? And back then there was a lot of like, I don't know, you know, where do I leave it? What do I do? Just from your own personal, you know, experiences with talking to people, maybe from the report or maybe from your personal experience, are you seeing some of those older employees and facility directors being more embraced to, hey, I want to leave something. I want to leave a legacy. I just might not know where it is or where where do I look or how do I, you know, how do I find it? Yeah, and, and that's the, the, the great thing about the, the industry that I work in. I'm, yeah, I'm sure a lot of other industries are, the, are a bit the same, but you don't get to you don't work in, at a senior living community for 25 years and not enjoy the fact that you work at a senior living community. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a great, great group of folks. They, they care about the residents that they serve, mm-hmm. and they all just want to leave it. And, and make sure that it keeps running at the, the standard at which they, they want it to run. Yeah. And 
from the report and from your experience, did you see a lot with, uh, when, I mean, that's just a staggering percentage, 42% don't have a succession plan. Yeah. We always want to have a succession. We always want to know, you know, if this, then what. Do you see that they're overwhelmed with that? When when, when I hear 42% don't have a succession plan, I go, wow, that's, that's pretty overwhelming that half of the pe- folks that responded to this have no no idea what's going to happen next when somebody leaves, when I get hit by a bus, something mm-hmm. goes on. Do, when you're dealing with, uh, you know, these new experiences and setting people up and doing implementation, do, is, do, do you feel that tenseness or do they, do they just embrace it, they soak it right in and they just like say, hey, Taylor, take me on this ride and make it magical? Yeah, yeah, not right away. Yeah. Um, there, there's usually an aha moment, though, mm-hmm. as, as we move through training, because that's, that's what I do. I, I manage the training process of my clients. Right. So I, I get them up to speed and, and hopefully have a, a long-term adoption building these long-term relationships through you know, the multiple applications that we, we serve in the works hub. But, but there's, it's usually not right away. It's so usually being that, scared is okay. <laughs> yeah, it's that, 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 that first few weeks is, you know, drinking from a fire hose. It's learning the, the system, you know, coming from, you know, half the time it's coming from, you know, spreadsheets and post-it notes, mm-hmm. running their maintenance system. And they're learning that this new thing, they're getting their mobile phones out there, you know, getting engaged in the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. And then when we start working on their scheduled work orders, their PMs, having that knowledge retention conversation, getting their assets into the system, starting to think about future values, replacement costs, mm-hmm. you know, the, the idea that the Works Hub can help you track things, you know, 10, 15, 20 years out mm-hmm. so that the, you know, $150,000 boiler that you need to replace in 15 years, that doesn't creep up on you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's not a surprise you want to get that yeah. we're, we're outside the, 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 the service life of this piece of equipment. We need to replace it next year. Right. You know, that's, you know, all of a sudden... That's two employees that you are planning on hiring next year that yep. you don't get to hire because you need to put all that money into your boiler. Yeah. Are you looking for a way to get inspired about your work as a facility or operations professional? Join us at our annual Maintenance and Operations Conference, Dude University in Raleigh, North Carolina, May 3rd through the 6th, 2020. You'll be able to attend educational sessions about your day-to-day work, meet professionals from across the country that work in your and other industries, enjoy food, friends, and fun in the Dude's hometown. Learn more and register at university.dudesolutions.com. So let's 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 do this. It is roughly half of the people that responded, and probably half mm-hmm. or close to it out there that didn't respond. Um, facilities, they're looking at this, right? They're looking at a whiteboard that's got nothing on it. What advice would or steps would you suggest to those forty-two percent? And then after, you know, let's talk about people that are getting started. What they should have a good idea of, you know, hey, we've got nothing. We've got a clean slate. We have no idea where we're going. You know, what should they be looking at first? What should they be considering? Or what should they be taking from this report as, like, hey, this makes a whole lot of sense of where I should start and how I should get to start going? Yeah. Um, write, write down your process. You know, mm-hmm. so much of, of what we deal with in healthcare, it, you know, there's a lot of regulation. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's on the hospital side, you're, you're dealing with national regulation. On the, the senior living side, there are a number of different entities that, that get, get involved in regulation, but the regulations tend to refer back to the processes that you have written down. Mm-hmm. So go look at your processes because you have to have them written. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just 
part of doing business in, in this industry. Go look at your processes and then go look at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Are you serving your processes? Are you meeting your service promise to your residents, your staff? And if not, then you need to, you know, you need to start looking into the, into the way you do your job. Mm-hmm. I, I talked to, a, <laughs> I have to give her a shout out, Amy Brom. She's one of our absolute rock stars on the Works Hub. Um, she, she, she gave me this quote and it was, I'm not going to get it verbatim, but saying, you know, maintenance technicians are professionals and they need the right tools. And I'm not just talking about hammers and nails and screwdrivers and wrenches. I'm talking about they need a tablet and they need the works hub and they need it in their pocket so they can do the right job wherever they are on campus. Mm -hmm. They don't need to carry on a stack of work orders that might be three days out of date. They need the works hub, they need constant updates. Mm -hmm. So one of the things, I'm gonna drive into your story, sure, uh, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. The importance of surveying your clients or customers, and, you, and and what happens a lot of times is when you don't have anything, when you don't have a succession plan, that's the big fear. Yep. I don't want to know. Like I don't want to know how bad we're doing. I don't want to know how bad people are looking at me. So I think one of the best first things you can do in any in any organization is survey your clients, and that gives you a starting point. You had an experience. Was that was based on a survey, right? Yeah, it was based on a uh, on a survey that uh, the client I, I just started talking to today said that the reason that they started using the workshop, the reason they purchased the workshop, was mm-hmm. due to the results of a resident survey saying that too many things were falling through the cracks, too much was moving too slowly, and there was no transparency back to the residents. Mm-hmm. And and everything that they were doing everything on paper, they they were not. Um, responding, they were, you know, their techs were turning in their work orders maybe once a week, so there was no, you know, real time update, mm-hmm. and and realizing that the workshop was a solution that that solved those needs mm-hmm. and and kind of closes the loop mm-hmm. and, and allows residents to see what's going on. You know, you get a real time accounting of, you know, when things are completed. Right. You might not know. You might think you're doing a good job, yeah. but without that data, without that spreadsheet of information without a report like this to see what other people are doing this is another piece um, and grace we can give this report to people if they want it right so we've got a 36 page that's got the respondents the 350 or so respondents information quotes uh, statistics if you want it we'll put a link on the uh, on the podcast episode hopefully it's a good resource for you to start to evaluate your next steps um, which that brings us to the next step you got somebody that says, "Hey, all right, I've done my survey. I've looked. I found my processes. They're in this notepad. They're here. They're everywhere. I want to aggregate, put it all together in one place." Um, where do you, you know? That's a, that's a lot of stuff. It do is. You, do you have like a? Um, so for me, you know, my specialty has always been in education. So it's a learning experience having you here, which I'm really appreciative of. Uh, for me, I would always say like life safety. That's an important one. Your mm-hmm. your HVAC. That's a that's a high ticket item. You know, the air conditioning and heat always goes on the coldest and hottest day of the year, and the most important people, the, the people paying the bills, are the ones that are in it when it breaks. You know, what do you, is that the same thing in senior a- living? Or abs- it- absolutely, absolutely. And there's, there's actually a really another uh, really fun stat that, um, from a capital planning standpoint, which is another tool we have in the Works Hub, um, there are 20, I think it was 24% don't have capital planning out beyond five years. Mm-hmm. And, and think about that fact that, you know, it, sure, there, there are some things that you're going to have that are inside that five-year range, but, you know, so many of your, your pieces of equipment, your, your HVAC, your air handling units, things like that, are going to have a 15, 20-year lifespan. 
You yeah. know, that, so, so all of a sudden, something that costs over $100,000 isn't on the roadmap. Mm-hmm. You're not budgeting for the, you know, if you're, if you're not budgeting for that more than five years out, right. you're, you're not going to, it's not going to be impactful. Yeah. You know, trying to save for something that big, you know, that's got its own budget line item, yeah. you know, parking lots, roofs, those things that are essential to, you know, your client's health and happiness. You know, if you crack parking lot, you know, sure, it might not look great. All of a sudden your, your resident trips on it. Right. You know, these are they're older folks that, that that's a serious issue. Right. Yeah, and that's, you know, there, and there's a quote, Andy Kraft, he says, we check our plan annually, but it's a 20-year plan to properly plan for capital needs. You really, you really need that. A five-year plan just doesn't provide the future vision you need. For example, if a boiler that has a 20-year useful life, but I don't even address it until year 15, five years out, I'll never have enough, uh, enough to replace it in time. You know, we call that, I used to call that the threat radar. You know, what's on my mm-hmm. threat radar? And, and some of these high-ticket items, I mean, you're going to have stuff that breaks that's unforeseen no matter how detailed, no matter how much stuff you have. But if you can get 80 to 90% understanding that's pushing out more than five years of, ex, you know, expectation or understanding, yeah. um, you're doing all right, right? Um, and that comes into PM, the importance of doing yeah. PM. So I'm... I'm, I'm I'm, no, I'm jumping the gun on this one. I'm sorry, but I, I was ex- I was going to take that, that, that <laughs> term precisely, and yeah. and that's the you know with with any system, but but with with our systems in particular, the data you pull out of the system is only as good as the data you put in, mm-hmm. and and making sure that you have the right asset data is essential, and then making sure you have the right PM data. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to to look at a piece of equipment that's fifty, a hundred thousand dollars and you're doing quarterly PMs on it. And at the end of that year, you're able to pull accurate data that tells you how many work orders, not just your planned work, your quarterlies, Mm -hmm. but you're able to pull that reactive work as well because you're tying that asset back to all of your reactive work. And you see that you're doing 15 reactive work orders between every quarterly PM. Mm -hmm. And you're scheduled to replace that in three years, but you can't afford to replace that in three years. You need to squeeze another two to five years out of it. Right. You know, maybe you bump that PM schedule back to monthly, you're getting more regular touches on it to reduce the number of reactive touches on it mm-hmm. and hopefully expend, exp- extend the life of it. Yeah. So that's, the you know, knowledge is power when it comes to that. Yeah. And and that's, you know, one of the big pieces to our software that I always say, because I was in, I, I was actually, a, I wasn't a wrench turner. I worked for a property management company um, that was responsible, basically delegated a lot of the work. I, I cleaned the toilets and vacuumed the floors. It's what the extent of my experience. But, um, you know, the question wasn't typically whether or not work was getting done. It was capturing that work and being able to say that it's getting done. So one of the big things is, is that asset data that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you suggest people that look at this report and see some of these numbers where it doesn't look, seem like they have a lot going on, um, which they probably do, what, what do you suggest to them about getting that asset data? What are the ways to do it? How should they do it? Uh, what's the, what's the kind of the, the best, the best way for different types of folks that, you know, someone that's got the money, someone that does that. Yeah. The, the, the be, I mean, the, the best way at the end of the day is our, is, is, is using a, you know, our professional services to get mm-hmm. that data in the system. As I said, the data that you, the data that you're able to pull out is only as good as the data you put in. Mm-hmm. And if, if you use our professional services, we know that that's going to be the right data. You're going to have the it's right clean. information. It's going to be clean. It's it's not going to make your eyes cross trying to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you don't have, have the, the budget this year, um, you know, Work with your work. Work with an implementer. Work with our team. Um, you know, make sure you you get consistent data. You know, 
clear, concise, and consistent. That's my, mm -hmm. my tagline when I talk about data. Make sure that you're getting proper naming conventions. You're um, you're, you're getting things in the right way. You're you're managing your data. You're retiring the stuff that you're you're not using anymore. You're putting the new data in, and you're attaching that those assets to work orders mm -hmm. on a regular basis. So, uh, a couple last pieces here. You know, one of the things I'm curious, just uh, retention. You think that. Doing all this stuff, if you start to implement, if you take this report and you go, hey, I got to get a plan together, I got to improve my plan. Do you see and do you experience or do you talk to clients that say, you know what, my retention is up or I've got people that are sticking around, that they're happier in their work environment? Are you seeing? Are you seeing that? Because I saw a couple things that would indicate to me that that that's a better work environment is a better chance of someone sticking around. That's De definitely it. I mean, I I talk to to younger guys and even guys that. Um, aren't younger, who are averse to technology. And, and you know, you, you get that by and you say, trust me, use it for a month. Mm -hmm. You know, guys who say, I don't like technology. It, you know, I don't like Big Brother knowing you right. know, how much time I'm spending or how many workers work orders I'm doing. But after a month, you get them saying, wow, yeah, I feel empowered because I know they, the boss knows exactly how many work orders I'm doing and exactly how much time I'm spending doing it. Yeah. So, so kind of empowering the staff, and then you know you, you get that that clean data, and you know if everyone starts tracking every work order they do, then mm -hmm. maybe next year we're able to hire a specialist. We're able to hire someone on staff to reduce the amount of work that everyone's doing because you know we we've actually shown how much work we do. Yeah. Well, before we get you back out on the floor and taking care of our incredible clients, you see any other trends with the future operations? You see anything that? that's exciting or anything that came in this report that you go, yeah, this is, this is kind of the future or what, this is what we're seeing people start to do more of. Technology is exciting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the future of, of the industry. I mean, you think about the fact, yes, that, you know, we're talking about senior living and, yeah. and people don't usually think about technology associated with that, but you know, the most technologically, not just the largest, but the most technologically savvy and in needy generation, you know, these are, you know, it's not my generation that grew up with a smartphone, but it's people who have over the last 10 years developed a dependence on smartphones who, who carry around, you know, iPhone 12s or whatever we're on these days. Mm -hmm. um, and they want to be able to, you know, we have Alexas being standard in, in senior living residences. Right. So it's, it's being able to, to cope with the, the new, the new wave. Yeah, no, I think that's I think you hit spot on. I was actually going to do a post today on LinkedIn <laughs> that was going to be a joke uh, from something that I saw was I'm thinking about trading my iPhone 11X in for a flip phone, and uh, you know because it wasn't it was only 15 years ago we were using something called Nextel with Direct Connect for communication. I missed my construction. Yeah, phone. didn't have that didn't have any of this <laughs> stuff, right? So um, I think I think you're spot on. I think the technology is going to get exciting. It's only going to get smarter, mm -hmm. more intuitive. It's only going to help us with with it with a challenge. And why I brought that retention um, is that we're in a very challenging time. Skilled labor is hard to find. So the most important thing is to retain the skilled labor that you have for as long as you can. Well, and to to tie back kind of everything that we just talked about, you've got an aging workforce who's getting closer to their you know golfing and fishing days. Yeah. Um, and you've got this younger workforce, you know, those kids aren't going to want to walk around with a stack of work orders on a clipboard. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to hand them a, a smartphone and yep. say, track your work orders on here. That's more engaging to them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's something easier to swallow. Throw it in your pocket, you know, instead of 200 work orders. Mm -hmm. Well, I got to tell you, I'm going to let you get back to, get back to your, your day job, but I really appreciate you 
given a little bit of time here, given some insight, sharing some of the stats on the on the report, and appreciate everything that you do for our clients day in and day out, which is the most important thing. With the excitement that you have to share here, knowing those stats, those numbers, those percentages, thanks a lot for that. Uh, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, we're going to have uh, the link to Taylor's most recent blog. We'll have the, uh, the show notes as well as uh, the ability for you to download uh, and click on a link for the report that we have here on Senior Living in case you want to give it a look. That'll do it. Thanks, Taylor. Have a great day. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast produced by Dude Solutions. You can reach us by emailing dspodcast at dudesolutions.com or check us out on the web at dudesolutions.com.